Welcome to the Tech Bytes portion of Day 2 Cloud. And we have with us today Chris Eckert from Riverbed. And our story today is about automating troubleshooting. And I actually got a little bit excited about this when I was talking to the Riverbed team about what's going on here, because there is AI and ML in a use case that takes us down the road eventually to being able to react to things that are being seen on the network and automate some troubleshooting. And we're going to get into this with Chris and explain how this can work today and how it might work even better in the future. So Chris, let's set it up this way. For, for some companies, Wireshark and a laptop, hey, that's good enough. That's the solution. I've been at some shops like that. But there are also situations where that is clearly not good enough. Wireshark and a laptop, that's just not the thing. So how do I get ready to troubleshoot before I need to? The Wireshark on a laptop is something's wrong and you run around switch to switch and try and capture it. It's extremely reactive. The step up from that is to have those spans, those packet feeds available someplace right away. And second, to capture them all the time, to stop thinking, okay, this is a problem I need to capture. And instead, write packets to disk and say, okay, we had a problem at this time. Let's go back and look at what the packets say. Put that alongside of NetFlow, which can be watching every conversation move everywhere, but not giving you that in-depth data like the packets give you. And now you, you've taken that next step. Now, now you can troubleshoot on demand for things that have already happened instead of being reactive. Which one's the span port I set up? I've been in that scenario with the laptop in my arm. Going, oh, I think it was uh, card three, port 28, whatever. Yeah, you want to be ahead of the game there with that packet capture infrastructure so that you can, as realistically, you're always going to need to be able to go at three in the morning, X happened. Great. Okay, let's dig through the database of packets and, and see what happened. All right, so I've got this troubleshooting infrastructure in place. Well, all right, it's 2020, Chris. I want to automate some of this. What are the sorts of things I could automate rather than react to someone sending me a help desk ticket? When you are listening to those packets all the time, presumably in front of an application, and with those packets, you could go back and look at the response times that happened. But as those packets are coming in, you can be measuring response times for applications. So now all of a sudden, that application starts to slow down and you cross some threshold, whether it's manually or automatically created, now you can alert and say, hey, this application is slowing down. So now instead of the call at 3 a.m. saying this happened an hour ago, you get this is becoming a problem. And, and you start to get, you know, you're, you're taking the troubleshooting tool to the next level of monitoring. So, so let's qualify that exactly. Is this a, a riverbed tool that's doing this measurement for me? Is it sending data elsewhere or...? Sure. In our app response system, what effectively does packet capture, we do a couple of things at the same time as packets come in. We write them to disk, of course. We build metadata from them so that we can build reports in the app response that you can look back over time and see what's happening. And we also generate NetFlow from those tools. And this is a more enhanced NetFlow, whereas every conversation everywhere NetFlow view of the world shows you what's moving what ports were used, and a few other bits of information, but doesn't give you response time and, and certainly no in-depth you know, database error codes or anything. The app response adds some of that information to this NetFlow. So you can, from this packet capture world, integrate things like app response 
into that every conversation everywhere world as well. That gets you a different view of the world where in the app response or the packet capture, you're looking at response time for applications and alerting on them. The every conversation everywhere world, what we call net profiler, gives you the ability to say, okay, this is the, you know, these applications talk to these servers. Normal utilization on this link is this much. And by the way, I'm seeing response times from my app response as well. When something changes, alert on it. Or if something crosses a utilization threshold, create an alert. And alerts from all these systems can go to, you name it, Splunk, ServiceNow, whatever you're doing with your alerts. We have a, a third tool that listens to devices. You know, the old SNMP, it's been around a long time. Add to that some other tricks like synthetic testing of applications and take that data. And you can now start to alert on this application failed to respond in this amount of time, alert on it, or this interface on this router is showing errors that may become a problem or has utilization, alert on that. Now you're getting told this application's slow. This conversation for this application is running off the rails or this device is starting to fail and producing a ticket as it's beginning rather than waiting until somebody's calling up saying, I can't get to this application. <laughs> right. So you're pulling data, it sounds like from, or at least you're collating the data from three different tools that you talked about. Is there some sort of unifying tool or unifying thing that can munge all that information together and create sort of actionable uh, information? Sure. Um, it, we very imaginatively call it portal. And <laughs> okay. we, um, so, so we can now, in the portal, think of that, that application that, that costs you money when it goes down or that is the one application that all of your associates have to be working in. Build a report for that application and put in this response times for the database, all of the conversations going to the front end and from who, the devices that carry that, even a map of this web server to this database follows this path through the network down to the interface and put that map right in this portal so that you can see if one of those interfaces starts to turn yellow or if response times start to slow down or if the web server suddenly begins talking to everybody on the planet. Now, in one page, you can look at all three of those devices, all three of those views of performance in one place for one topic. As we all know, networking doesn't live in a vacuum. So I imagine you could also correlate maybe a slowdown with some hardware events that are happening with that server or something from your storage system that could also tie into that. So is there an ability to integrate what you've got from portal with other systems that, you know, your monitoring or ops team might already be using? Yeah. And so, so here's where the world has changed in monitoring in that all of a sudden everybody has shifted to API for communication between platforms. We can draw information from some other tools and put it in the portal. If, if you want to see device data, response times, and all the conversations, 
but you also need to see one other parameter that is outside of our realm, like number of users logged into some system or something. You could pull that into portal. On the flip side of that, all of these systems are API driven. And so other tools can now start reaching, you know, if, if a tool sees what it feels is a threat and wants to reach down and, and see everybody that this server talked to in the last time, you know, you can use an API to pull that kind of information back to those other tools as well. You're saying that the Riverbed tools have an API so that other tools can, as you said, reach in and get more information about some event that they're curious about. Sure. And in this day and age, you almost have to have an open API. Oh, and then you just said the other keyword there, open, because sometimes these APIs is like, yeah, we have an API, but it's secret for our partners only. You're saying it's open, right? <laughs> We won't let you in unless right. you have secret well, handshake. Well, that's a thing, right? You know, that's that's a thing. <laughs> yep, it is. No, we don't we do not do that. And that's what's changing the world now, isn't it? I mean, now you can't just rely on packets. You can't just rely on those conversations because event correlation tools are out there and firewalls are alerting on things. And you have to be able to start to blend this data together to get to the bigger picture. Another thing I want to go back here, speaking of bigger picture, I, I want to know how you actually formed the picture like, oh, the web server's talking to the whole world now, or these flows seem anomalous. I don't think you said ML, maybe you did, but is this like basically machine learning and then artificial intelligence applied uh, in some way to determine when things are going strangely? Yeah. So if you can see every conversation everywhere and you know this server talks to clients that are outside of your world and one server, a change to that behavior could be indicative of a threat. The real the nirvana is when an event like this started talking to loads of other boxes, the number of internal IPs just went off the scales. And then take that data and blend it with event correlation or maybe a data exfiltration systems view of the world. And you start to come back with a, a very quickly and very automatedly built view of a threat. And so while these are troubleshooting systems at heart, the data that can be produced in them can be indicative of other threats. Uh, you know, a packet capture device could start seeing 505 errors or authentication errors that are outside of the norm. And that might just be somebody fat fingering a bunch of stuff, but it might be somebody trying to break into that server. And if those same errors are seen elsewhere, it might be something starting to spread or trying to work its way through your network. So all of these data components have things that can be used by other systems that are meant to do other things as well. You used the word nirvana there early on. Does that mean some of this is doable today and some of this is planned for the future? Oh, no. Absolutely some of this is doable right now. There are, I mean, we haven't built Skynet yet. <laughs> the, the, the complete autonomous AI system that can watch all of the data and think, oh, well, I think this person is a threat now. That may not be there, but the ability to enable machine learning to watch conversations over time as they change 
and alert or react when something is wrong and then blend that with all these other tools via an API. There's the old term, the network is the computer. Well, it's it's gone past that to where now, you know, all of the things happening in your cloud and in your internal network and your virtualization being monitored and individual systems thinking about things and saying, this doesn't look right. And another guy saying, this doesn't look right. Pulling that data together and, and coming up with what's really going on. That's the nirvana when those systems will tell you, yes, somebody's trying to break in. This is the server they're after. By the way, no data exfiltration has occurred in one report automatically. That's nirvana. That's when you're told before something's a problem that the system stopped it from being a problem. Right. And you mentioning the open APIs that are available from your systems, that helps it tie into the existing security systems that are out there. So whatever is going to generate that report has access to all of the data and can also automate a response when it sees something kind of funky happening. Right. That's the common language that lets all of these things talk to each other. That was Mm. one of the most necessary parts. The AI is a variable that nobody's really sure how far it will go or how much is even needed, but the language had to happen first. So the API came around and, and now we can do this. Well, Chris Eckert, this was an interesting conversation here, understanding how Riverbit fits into the troubleshooting tool chain, I think is the right way to put it. Yeah, When you come from a, a, a tool world, a lot of times it's like, can I consolidate these tools? But the reality is making the tools work with one another is the future, as you put it. That's That's the modern way to be thinking about things. And so having them talk to one another is a big deal. And you guys, Riverbit, fit right into that troubleshooting tool chain. Again, for those of us who think about Riverbed as like the WAN optimization company, there's so much more going on here. So I'm glad we could have that conversation. If you're out there listening and you want to know more about what is going on in the world of Riverbed and troubleshooting, troubleshooting tools, troubleshooting tool chains, etc., you can visit their website. They have a landing page just for you, riverbed.com slash day, the number two cloud. That's riverbed.com slash day two cloud. You can check out a whole bunch of digital discussions that we've been having with them there. You can also register for their user conference. The user conference happened on November 17th, but all of the content is available for you to review. It's uh, it's it's there. Just register and you'll get access to all of that from the Riverbed user conference. And there's more coming from uh, Riverbed. If you stay tuned and subscribe to Day 2 Cloud, you'll hear more as we chat with Riverbed in upcoming Tech Bytes discussions.